What do you think of when you think of cha-ching? Anybody, what do you think of? Money. How many of you think of money when you think cha-ching? Yeah, it's a, it's a phrase that was around predominantly in the 90s. You would hear people say cha-ching to all different kinds of things, right? It's like, I got this great deal on something, cha-ching, right? We, we have these different kinds of expressions we use to illustrate things like that, but cha-ching was one that was around for quite a bit, and it definitely still denotes the notion of being about money. Well, here's what we're going to do over the next number of weeks. We are going to talk about how to orient that aspect of our lives towards the Lord. How can our finances be used in a way that honors Jesus in a worshipful format and engages the mission of God at the same time? Now, here's the exciting part. I'm just going to tell you straight up, I don't want your money. This is not a series that is a big plea. I'm sorry, our board chairman, Nick, is probably saying, Rob, do not say that. <laughs> no, this is not a big campaign to try and get you to donate money to the church. This is something that Jesus talked about a lot. He talked a lot about money. And he talked a lot about how we personally relate to money and how that is to be oriented in a direction that honors the Lord. So that's what this series is about. How do we worship God with finances and engage in mission with him through them as well? So that's the point of this series. And, uh, and so I hope that you are going to be very blessed by it. But very specifically this morning, we're looking at giving as an act of worship. I mean, this is where it starts, and it's something that you see right in the beginning in the book of Genesis when you got Cain and Abel offering sacrifice to the Lord, and we see this big monumentous event taking place there uh, that we won't go too much into because, you know, it went bad for one of them, or both really. Uh, <laughs> but how we orient our finances needs to be in a direction that is honoring to the Lord. So, if you have your Bibles with you, I want to encourage you to turn to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to be looking at verses 15 and 16. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. If you do not know where the book of Hebrews is in the beginning of your Bible, people put a table of contents for you to be able to find that stuff. People work really hard to put it there, so don't be ashamed to use it. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 to 16. And when you have it, one of the ways we like to show respect here for God's word is we do like to stand for the reading of his word. So would you please stand with me? Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. Here's what it says. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifices, God is pleased. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for this morning. I thank you that you are God and we are not. And that in you we can find everything we need for everlasting joy. I thank you, Jesus, so much that your desire for us was so strong that you're willing to come from eternity, from heaven to earth, to live this life that we live but to do it perfectly and to shed your blood for us so that we can be in union with you. Thank you so much, Jesus. I pray that you will, we will be blessed by your words this morning and that we will be blessed by each other this morning. Amen. 
Have a seat. So I'm a firm believer that there are, there's one gift that a believer can give that is the best give, the gift that a person could ever give. Anybody have an idea of what that gift might be? The gospel. The gospel is the number one gift that a believer can give to anyone at any time in any place. Absolutely 100% true. That's not the gift I want to talk about this morning. The gift I want to talk about this morning, actually, uh, from the journal Psychology, a, a doctor by the name of Emma Sepala uh, with two umlauts, so I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm surprised I still remember what an umlaut is. <laughs> anyway, here's what she says. You ready? This is December of 2012. She writes this. This year, give the most inexpensive yet most precious gift there is. You. You may not think much of yourself as a gift and may not even feel you have much to give. However, research suggests this is not so. You are sitting on a treasure trove. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to the person beside you and say, you're a gift. Now turn to the person to the other side of you. Say, I'm not so sure about you. No, okay. <laughs> right, out of curiosity, how many of you would the second person be your spouse? <laughs> that was just too good. That was just too good. It gets so much better than that. It gets way better than that. Because there is something that we find within the words of our Savior in the words of the people that Jesus inspired to write the scriptures, in Psalm 139, verse 13 to 14, listen to this. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. Janet and I, whenever we would have conflicts, especially early on days in our marriage, we had this basic belief uh, about people and certainly about each other. You see, we believe that every single person on the planet is created in the image of God. Right? So if every single person on the planet is created in the image of God, every person should start with our respect and honor and dignity. But second to that, we understand that God fashioned us together in our mother's wombs. Which means when you bring that concept together with the idea of being in the image of God, that every single person on the planet is a precious gift. So Janet and I are into using humor when we have conflict, and so it may go a little bit something like this. I might be losing myself in the middle of this conflict. Janet will then turn to me, and she will say something along these lines. Yeah, you're a gift. <laughs> Look, the most precious gift we can offer anybody is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We agree on that. But the second most precious gift that we could offer is us. And the reason that that is the second most precious gift is because we are created in the image of God. And not only is it that we are created in his image, is that his hands were uniquely at work in the fashioning together of who we are. So you're a gift. And as we look at this passage of Hebrews coming up, we recognize that one of the things that is this beautiful experience, as Eric would say the word beautiful here, uh, this beautiful experience that we have is that, is that our very life 
It's a gift from God that we then extend to others. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, for this. This is talking about the person who, after they accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it comes here and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And so we have life in Christ. It's a gift. And not only do we get the gift of life, as a matter of fact, everything that we have in the world around us that anybody would consider good is a gift. Everything we have. James 1.17. Listen to this. I love this. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. That's an amazing truth. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So not only does our life come from God, but every good and perfect gift comes from God. All that we ever have comes from God. So listen, here it goes, because this is the big point for today. You ready? God's gifts to us are our gifts back to Him. You catch that? Our, God's gifts to us are our gifts back to Him. Now, if we get this, or rather, if we don't get this, we're going to tend to hoard or take what we have for granted. Think about this for a second. Think, just think about your own life. If you are a precious gift from God on the planet, turn to the person and say to them, you are a gift from God on the planet. Go ahead. Do it. Let's go. Yeah, that seemed really enthusiastic. Yeah, you're a gift from God from the planet. I don't so much appreciate the gift that he put in front of me here, but... <laughs> You are a gift from God from the, on the planet. So, so if that is in fact true, why would you hoard your relationship to just being about you? Why wouldn't you extend your relationship to people around you and enter into community with others? Why would we hoard the gift of you? Second to that, if we talk about all the things that we receive from God in life, if all things, all good things come from the Father of lights, from heaven above, right? So all the things that we have in life, if we don't get the concept that this is a gift from God, that we are to then extend back to God, then we're going to hoard those things. Or we may even take them for granted. You ever take a person in your life for granted? Yeah. You ever take the stuff that you have in life for granted? Absolutely. See, this is what happens when we don't remember the truth that these things are gifts to us. God's gifts to us are our gifts to him. Also, if we don't get this, we're going to have a very shallow view of what it means to be blessed. Look, here's the reality. You know what we tend to call blessed in North America? Having cash, having good health, having a lot of friends, having the right, like the nice house, having all these different opportunities. You know what Jesus says is blessed? If you go to the Beatitudes, it has nothing to do about money, nothing to do about uh, vehicles or houses or uh, prestige, anything else like that. It's all about becoming more and more like him. All becoming more and more like him. You just check out Matthew 5 and park there for a while in your personal devotions, if your personal quiet time, just park in Matthew 5 and look at what Jesus says is blessed. It's very different than what we say is blessed. So 
So we have a very shallow view of what it means to be blessed if we don't get this idea that God's gifts to us become our gifts back to him. You see, that's the whole notion that I want us to walk through here. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Um, I want to suggest to you that Hebrews 13, 15 is something that points us up. Hebrews 13, 15. In terms of our worship, in terms of our giving as worship, and when I say giving, I'm not talking about just our finances, but I'm talking about who we are as people. Hebrew, sorry, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 talks about the idea of living our lives as our spiritual act of worship. Spiritual act of worship. So Hebrews 13, 15 points us up. It says this. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Now, you may not be aware of this, but that term, that phrasing of sacrifice of praise is actually an Old Testament phrase. It's an Old Testament phrase. It's the act of thanksgiving. Uh, Some people, or it's actually noted as being the offering of thanks. It's a celebration. It can be traced back to the ancient days of Israel when they were having, fleeing in their exodus from Egypt. When they start to, started to experience the laws that they were receiving from God, and then you had the other laws, the Levitical laws that started coming out, and some of the stuff in Deuteronomy that started coming out through Moses. But this specific sacrifice that was asked of is unique. It's unique within the Hebrew culture. It is called the Toda, uh, the Thanksgiving offering. The Toda, or actually more specifically, the Korban Toda, means Thanksgiving offering, but it can also mean an act of confession. It can mean a sacrifice. It can even mean to praise God in some biblical passages. And in this particular biblical passage, we understand that what it means is to praise God, to elevate God, to focus our attention on Him, His goodness, what is amazing about Him, the thanks sacrifice. Does that sound like it would point us up right away? The passage tells us as we continue moving through it that we are to, it says, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. Continually offer to God as the creator and preserver of who we are in our beings, as the father of mercies, as the father of Jesus, since he always bestows mercies on us of one kind or another and therefore should be continually praised even in times of adversity, affliction, or temptation. So here's the interesting thing. I've had a lot of conversations with people over um, things like addictions in their lives, things like what you would call toxic thinking, in terms of the ways that they would think about the people in their lives or even thinking about themselves. You know what I find is often lacking in people's lives when they're stuck in these patterns? Thanksgiving. It's often lacking. I find that amazing that when we have a person who's dealing with all kinds of adversity, affliction, temptation, addictions, whatever it is, that part of God's resolution to those things is to be thankful. 
It's not the whole deal, but it's a significant part of it. You know, and I really believe that the reason behind that is that it becomes less about us and more about him. You see, when I'm stuck in unforgiveness or if I'm stuck in bitterness or if I'm stuck in not being able to see past what I've got currently in front of me because it seems so overwhelming, what I, what I find is that I tend to focus on me an awful lot. My ability to do things, my inability to do things, my flaws. I'm, by the way, I'm really good at noticing my flaws. I don't know if you are. I think a lot of us are. And I find I get stuck in this circular thinking. And this circular thinking is a spiral that continues to pull me down and down and down and down. And so what I find is that when I'm only focused on me, my abilities, when I'm only focused on my insecurities or what I'm doing wrong, this thinking takes me on this spiral down and down. And God's answer to that is to get this, you ready? He'll, he'll just turn it upside down. He said, listen, you're, you're focused on you right now, and look at the pattern. Look what's happening. What happens when we flip it? And so if instead of a spiral going down, when we focus on the Lord and we focus in on the thanksgiving, we have a spiral that turns us this way, moving up and up and up closer to Him. And we experience more joy, even in the face of affliction, continually offering God our praise of thanksgiving. And then it also tells us here that there's this idea, this fruit, which is the fruit of our lips is what it says here. It's reference to the sacrifice of praise and reference to offering the first fruits under the law and to distinguish it from the legal sacrifices. So what's happening here is like he's saying, listen, this is from the fruit of our lips, not from the first fruits of our sacrifice. And it shows that we are to praise God with our lips. Hosea chapter 14, verse 2 is a great example of this. He says, take words with you and return to the Lord and say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously. Listen, that we may offer the fruit of our lips. And when you're talking about Old Testament law, when you're talking about Old Testament sacrifice, it's not the fruit of their lips that they're typically talking about. Usually, it's calves. And so what we find here is that we're to sacrifice praise instead of calves. And so we offer Jesus our praise as those who are not bound by blood sacrifices, but are bound by praise. This passage, when we talk about the idea of God's gift to us is our gift back to Him, that we thank the Lord for who he is. And we offer to him, you ready? Us. Do you know what happens to you when you offer the Lord you? You begin an epic adventure. You go from a place where life may have been mundane and routine and dull, and some of you are like, that sounds fantastic. Uh, but you move into a space where you have no idea what's coming around the corner because God's doing something epic. You see, God's on the move. And when you offer yourself to him, then you join him in what he is doing. 
The scripture tells us that God's already begun a good work that we basically just enter into, and we, so we follow in with him with what he has already begun. What a really cool thing. I mean, think about that for a moment. The God of the universe is doing something amazing. He says, hey, come along. Come check this out. So the sacrifice that we offer him is us. We live our lives as our spiritual act of worship. God gives us life. God gave his life. And he asks us for ours. Think about that. He asks us for ours. So as an evaluative question, how are you doing with that part? Who is your life for? Is it for you? Or is it for the one who created you? Who's your life for? I mean, just think, think about it. When you think about the planning of your week or your month or your year or, or anything else, how much does God weigh into your thinking? When you get up and you think about going to work, okay, show of hands, let's be honest. And if there's anybody whose employer's in the room, I apologize for what's about to happen. How many of you think of your job to some extent as a burden. Okay. Now, there's a few of you. There's a handful of you, and that's great. All right. How many of you, think of it this way, how many of you go to work and say to yourself, Lord, use me today for your gospel? How many of you do that? All right. So then the ones who did that are about as equal as the ones who find work a burden. You guys need to hook up inspire <laughs> so what's up with the rest of us the majority of us do we just live do we just walk forward into life and let life happen let me encourage you to do this every single day start with thanksgiving with the lord and offer your life to him for that day offer your life to him for that day lord what are you up to today and where can i fit in Let's pray that. It's a dangerous prayer, but it's a fun one. Lord, what are you up to today? Where can I fit in? How are you doing with this part of your life being something that's given to you that you then give back to the Lord? Secondly would be this, is that I believe in this passage that not only does this point our praise up, but it also points it out. It points it out. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, it says this, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, in brackets, you can put uh, to the needy of the church as an expression of fellowship. That's the intention in the Greek there. For such, with such sacrifices, God is pleased. So the sacrifice of praise on our lips, God is pleased. And the sacrifice of doing good and sharing with others, God is pleased. New Living Translation says this way, and do not forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are sacrifices that please God. And so this idea of do not forget to do good and to share with others. The Greek word translated share is karnaneo. Some of you in your translations, they might use the word communicate. It comes from the same word, koinonio. And in its context, it means this. Listen, this is what it means. And this is important. 
Because this is one of the very foundational principles of what it meant to be in community with other believers. It says this, to make oneself a sharer or partner with someone else in their poverty or need. In their poverty or need. They're told to share what they have earthly with their fellow believers who, undergoing extreme persecution, have been brought to a state of poverty by reason of the fact that the persecutor had confiscated their goods. Acts chapter 2, we read that nobody wanted for anything because people were giving to each other as each other had need. This is the concept that is coming forward here. That God is pleased with this. Remember, God's gifts to us are our gifts back to him, right? So God gives us life. What do we then give him? Anybody? Life. Yeah, good. That nobody said. So it's fantastic that my message is coming across this morning. (laughs) But secondly, every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Every good and perfect gift. And that includes our resources. And with our resources, we are to give to each other as there is need. This is what it means to worship God with our finances, that we collectively share with others in order to meet their needs in advance and advance the mission of God, the mission that God has placed us on earth to be a part of. I mean, think about that. If we're to use our finances to give towards the needs of those who are in poverty, who are struggling, that this is something that's what it means to be part of Christian community, it is also that we pull these things together in order to be able to spread the gospel message. This is what we do. This is what we do together. We meet the needs of people, and we spread the message of Jesus. This is what we do. Praise of God in word and deed are inseparable. Praise of God in word and deed are inseparable. The praise of our lips, you could say lip service, must be accompanied by life service. To be doers of the word and not merely hearers of the word. This is what James talks about. He concludes this section of this passage of Scripture and he this, is this pure and undefiled religion, in, sorry, this is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father to visit the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. James chapter 1, verse 27. And so what we do in our worship of giving is that we give back to God what that which he has given to us. God gave us life. What has he asked of us? To live our lives as our spiritual act of worship and that the praise of our lips would honor him continually. So we offer him our life because he gave us our life. And then as it relates to our finances and our our goods that we accumulate, and we're really good at that. I mean, how many of us have a garage that we can't park in? (laughs) There's a lot of us that way, right? The things he gives us We give back towards the needs of others so that God is praised. Remember, it says that he is greatly pleased when we do these things. It's a great example. I love this example. It's one of my favorite things. How many of you guys know who Mike Rowe is? Raise your hand if you know Mike Rowe. 
All right, you may not know him personally. Mike Rowe is the dirty jobs guy. And so some of you are going, oh, that guy, yeah, deep voice, dirty. Yeah, dirty jobs. <laughs> He's got a new show. It's been around for a couple of years. It's a Facebook television program. It's called Returning the Favor. And what I find amazing is, is what they do. They go into a community then they, where they learn about a person or a group of people that are doing amazing things for their community in their community. And very often, they're believers. And the majority of the show features followers of Jesus. What an incredible testimony. Well, one such group was a group, uh, it was a small group ministry that started. It was a life group. And they heard about children in their area that were sleeping on the floor. And in sleeping on the floor, these, these life group, this small group of people were so inspired to say, no child in our area should be sleeping on the floor. So they began this enormous ministry of providing beds that crosses multiple different states now with chapters all over the place. I was so inspired by what these other believers were doing that a number of us have gotten together and we're building beds for children in our community that are sleeping on the floor. You want to know why? Because with such things, God is pleased. Because with such things, God is pleased. And you know what it also does then? They go to the families, and the families have already asked the question, well, who's doing this for us? And how much is it going to cost us? And the school liaison was able to say to them, well, it's Pathway Community Church doing it. Not that we care about our initials being plastered on things, but Pathway Community Church is doing it, and it's not going to cost you a dime. And they were like, what? We do it because it pleases God. That's why we do it. The things that we have available to us, we pull our stuff together to be able to help those who are struggling. Why? For the cause of Jesus. Because he is pleased. It actually says here, that's where we're going to end off with this, is for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Praise that pleases God is the fruit of our lips, not just our thoughts. It's the spoken word unto the Lord. Either through Words themselves that we speak in praise and prayers or song. The words of our lips, it's audible. We praise him. He is pleased with this. The writer of Hebrews explained to his Jewish readers that worship, that which truly pleases God, centers not on ritual but on relationship with and through Jesus with and through Jesus. Genuine worship is authenticated not just by beautiful words, but also by beautiful deeds. What I love about our churches is that, uh, and, and I don't know if you know this about Winker, but one of the things that Winker is known for uh, outside of Winker from other churches is that we're, we're a singing community. We're a singing community. 
When we have guest speakers come in, they talk about, wow, the singing at Pathway. They, they go to the Burkteller church that's in the service before us, and they come out and they say, oh, the singing. And they go to the other churches in town, oh, the singing. You think we were a giant community of musicals? <laughs> we're not. Can't live that way. <laughs> How are we a deed? How are we a deed? Do our actions reflect our praise? On Sunday morning, we come and we sing. But if those same lips curse on Monday, check yourself. Check yourself. Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that those who listen will be blessed. Words matter. Deeds matter. I mean, they don't save us or anything else like that, but when we're talking about wanting to please the Lord, we give our lives to him, and we do that in part by the words that we do, but we also do that with the stuff that he's given us. So here's the question. Is your stuff yours, or is it his that you get to borrow? Is your stuff yours, or is it the Lord's that you get to borrow? Is it, is it his gift to you that you then give back to his service, or is it just yours? Well, thank you, Jesus, for this. No, not interested in sharing it. Thank you for it, though. I'm blessed. Or maybe it's a little more like this. Lord, you paid an incredible ransom for me. And so whatever I get from you, I want to give back to you and glorify your name in it. You see, when we talk about the notion of giving, we do need to ask ourselves the question, are we offering the praise of our lips? Is there this thanks sacrifice? Are we, off, are we praising God af actively even with our finances? Are we praising God with our finances? Are you given to the common goal of his gospel going out and meeting the people's ultimate need? Here's what I get to hear from time to time from other pastors. I haven't experienced this in our particular church yet, but it may be there. I don't know. I've heard people say things like this. I'm going to give to the church when I appreciate what the pastor has to say. Let me explain this to you. I don't need your tips. Pathway doesn't do a cover charge, and we don't want tips. But if you truly want to offer your praise to God and bring your finances under his will, well, then you give to him. And you contribute to his message being spread. See, that's what we do. This is not about turning on the lights. The lights can get turned on in a bunch of different ways. You sit up here on bicycles and get batteries going. I don't care, really. This is about what we get to do together to be able to further the gospel message and praise our Lord and Heavenly Father. That's what we get to do. So you won't hear us talk about our budget very much. 
Because we don't want that to be the motivating factor for why you give. We want you to have your hearts aligned with his. That's it. And we truly believe that when you meet with Jesus, that you will want to become like Jesus. And when you become like Jesus, we become generous. And we become cheerful in our giving. This entire series, we're going to be talking about orienting our lives to his as it relates to the things that he gives us. Are we giving to the ultimate need of people? At Pathway Community Church, you know this already, but I am a broken record, and I will say this all day long. We exist to help those far from God come to know life in Christ. That's it. That's the message. Help those far from God come to know life in Christ. And the mission is all about helping people experience the life-saving message of Jesus. Here's some examples of that. We do this thing called Pathway at the Movies. Anybody hear of that? Pathway at the Movies? You know why we do that? It's not so that you can have a nice little family time out. That is nothing to do with it. We truly believe that if you want to reach people that nobody is reaching, you got to do things that nobody is doing. So we rent a drive-in theater. Come on down. Have a free movie. Why? Because Jesus loves you and we understand that life can be difficult and we understand that you're going to need a time to be able to just take a breather and have a good time with your families. But your role in it, pathway people, family, invite your circles of influence so that they can experience the goodness of Jesus through you and learn about why he matters to you. You see, when you invite people to it, you're providing them an opportunity to hear from you, the people who are in relationship with them, why you love Jesus. That's what it's about. Yeah, we have movies. Yeah, there's inflatables. Yeah, there's all kinds of great and fun things. But the bottom line is Jesus and you impacting your circle of influence for the sake of Christ. We do pathway warm-up. We go out there all the scary costumes are because that's where everybody is that's where the people are and I love that there are other things happening in the region but we go out to the people because the people are out there and somebody's got to get out there and we shine light in dark places that's what we do helping those far from God come to know life in Christ we do mission trips Eric was up here earlier talking about mission trips why do we do mission trips so that we can help those far from God come to know life in Christ including the people on the trip I already talked about the bunk beds for kids. All that we do here in this congregation, the place that you are in this morning, the place that you in some way might be committed to, what we do is intended to reach people with the gospel and grow people in the gospel. That's what we do. That's who we are. That's why we give. We give to God because he gave us life. We give our stuff to him because he gave it to us. That's it. That's the math. It's not about arm twisting or anything else like that. If you believe that God gave you what you got, then give back to God what he gave you for his glory. That's it. It's that simple. And I promise you, I promise you, you will have more contentment and more joy. You may not have more money, can't promise you that, 
but you'll have more contentment and you'll have more joy. So here's the question. Are you participating in that mission? Every Sunday we have two opportunities in our service to give. I don't know if you know that. Well, the one opportunity we have is that we come together and we offer praise, the praise of our lips every single week. The praise of our lips we offer right here in this space. And so you might come to this space on a Sunday morning and you might be saying, Rob, I had a tough week. I don't feel like it. I get it. But I want you to know that part of the answer to your tough week is the lips of praise. It's to reorient our direction. But the second thing that we do is that we offer God a portion of our finances to advance His mission in the world. Two opportunities to give. So here's what I want us to do over the next four weeks. You ready? I like being practical. You know that. I like being very practical. So here's what I want you to do. You ready? Here we go. I want you to commit every single person in the room to the best of your ability or even better. Commit to being here every Sunday for the next four weeks and offer the praise of your lips to the Lord together in community with each other. Does that sound reasonable? The answer is yes. Thank you. Here's the second thing I want you to do. Commit to giving. Are you ready? Commit to giving. It's a huge number. Five bucks. Every week for the next four weeks. That's it. It's not for us. It's for you. It's for you. To get into the pattern of saying, Lord, thank you for this. I give it back to you. In the next four weeks, give five bucks every Sunday as worship, as giving to mission. Does that sound reasonable? Hey, church, here's what I want. I want us to show up and give the sacrifice of praise. And I want us to each give five bucks towards God's mission. That's it. That's doable, isn't it? God gave us life. God gave us stuff. We give our lives back. And we give him back stuff. That's the math. And it's a good and wonderful and glorious thing. More contentment, more joy comes out of this. And here's the truth. Lift service must be accompanied by life service. When we live this way and worship this way, we experience a greater joy in life because we're part of something with eternal value. Think about this. Your five bucks may have gone towards a paintbrush that went towards a bed to help lift a kid off the floor onto a bed with the understanding that the reason this happened in the first place is because God changed the lives of some people's hearts who want to come and do something for them because Jesus compels them to. Or maybe it's the five bucks that goes towards a family in need and they're struggling and they say, I don't have enough groceries this week or gas money this week to get to the things that I need to get to. And your five bucks goes to them. Why? Because God changed your heart so that your heart wants to please him and we please him partly by offering back to him that which he has given to us. Doesn't that sound exciting? Guys, giving isn't a burden. It's amazing. It's amazing. And when we do that all together, incredible things take place. Incredible things take place. Many of us struggle with finding direction. Many of us struggle with finding purpose in life. Let me offer this to you. Start with the eternal. 
Start investing in things that have eternal value and let things filter from there. I promise you, it's a far better pattern. Start with things of eternal value and let it filter from there. God's gifts to us are our gifts to Him. Think about what we get to be a part of. Just think about it. It's amazing. It's so good. So good. So don't give at Pathway because you think Pathway just needs to fill the budget lines and this and that. No, forget that stuff. I mean, it's important, but you know what I mean. We give because we enter into mission together, the mission that God established before us. And we give because it's an act of worship towards Him. That's it. Thank you, Lord, for giving me life. I offer my life as a sacrifice to you. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you've given me in life. And I offer these things back to you. Use my life and use my stuff to your glory to further your kingdom because your name needs to be praised from my lips and my actions. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for this morning. And I thank you, Jesus, that our lips, our actions, our lives, our stuff need to honor you need to be things that you are pleased with. And so, Lord, would you champion within us this desire to honor you with our lives and with our stuff. Lord, that we would find joy in these things, that we'd be excited about what you will do with these things. Like, Lord, just to imagine what you could do with our lives when our lives are fully surrendered to you. And the people that we can impact in our worlds around us, whether in our families, in our workplaces, in our hobbies, whatever it is, Lord. Lord Jesus, use us and let the lips that you have given us praise you. And Lord, the stuff that you've given us, the privileges that we have, Lord Jesus, I pray that, that you will help us to be a people that will give these things back to you, not because we are compelled in some negative sense, not because the preacher says that we need to do this, but because we want to be a people that when you look at us, our lips of praise are things that you are pleased with and how we function with the stuff you are given us, you are pleased with. May we help those who struggle. May we meet needs in our region. But Lord, would you help us to use these things to be able to meet the ultimate needs that people have, which is life in you. Would you excite us with the gospel, Lord? Because you are amazing. In your holy and precious name, amen.